Hi, I'm Bryn Thompson. Today, Dr. Morris Pickens and I are talking about leadership in a time of crisis. We called up Dr. Mo, as his golfers call him, because he sees leadership through a really interesting lens. Mo is the Performance Enhancement Specialist at Sea Island Golf in Georgia. He's the personal sports psychologist to some of the best PGA golfers. Mo's job is to help athletes understand their emotions, refine their practice, and design a preparation routine for the best performance possible. As you might expect, he has a few thoughts on leadership in this particular time that apply to all of us, investors, business owners, entrepreneurs, and family members. In this conversation, I hope you'll listen for a few gems from Mo, like talk like a granddad would, and attitude is contagious, it's just a matter of whether yours is worth catching. At the end, there's a special bonus on one of the ways Mo is adapting for his golfers as they now find themselves in the midst of an unusual off-season. I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, so Mo, um, you just wrote a piece recently about leadership in the time of crisis. And the crisis is, is a timeless thing, and this conversation is going to be timeless. But I will say the context that we're talking about right now is the COVID-19 virus. Um, I'm in New Jersey, hold up, you're hold up in Georgia. So we're stepping back and learning a lot from this experience. What we're talking about, these are timeless things, and crises happen all the time, sometimes collectively, sometimes just individually, sometimes just in a golf game. So I wanted to talk to you about it because you have this great term you use in golf called managing the lie of the ball. And could you talk to us about how you apply that? I mean, in golf, um, which is where I spend a lot of time, uh, basically you hit a shot and, and, but the, with the way the sport is um, played at the highest levels, you could hit a good shot. um, And then through no fault of your own, it ends up in a divot, um, which is where somebody else has already hit and removed the grass. So now you're having to play from the sand. And um, so if you've never experienced that, it's, if you're a little kid, it's kind of alarming. Um, if you were playing with an adult and they said, no, you have to play it as it lies. Um, mm. If you have played a lot of golf, you're not unfamiliar with that. It, it, you know, it doesn't happen often, but it definitely happens several times a year to pretty much anyone that plays. And so it's something that you've already practiced and you've prepared for. Um, And so while it's something that you um, probably look at with a little bit of dismay, you don't look at it um, as anything terrible. You just look at it as something you need to make an adjustment for. And really that's about it. So So tell us a little bit more about how you work with um, your golfers to handle that. Well, um, I mean, so everything that we talk about is just preparation, um, mm-hmm. your physical preparation, your mental preparation, your, your golf specific preparation, that would be something that's golf specific preparation, you know, literally practicing from uneven lies from hitting under a tree from when you happen to hit, hit it great, but it ends up in a divot. Um, so everything is just about preparation where you want to get out there. Um, and you, you're hoping that you have a good day, but even if you perform kind of flawlessly, other things can come up and it's an outdoor mm-hmm. sport where mm-hmm. you got wind, you got rain, you got, um, potentially other distractions if, you know, for the guys at the highest level and they're playing with crowds. And so, and you have a system really to manage 
all of those things. Um, so it's, it's not that those things aren't going to happen. It's that you have the self-awareness um, to recognize when they are happening and to just kind of plug into whatever part of your system you already need to, um, to dial up that preparation, if you will. I love that. It sounds like players can go out and make a bunch of um, tricky plays and almost try to make these really difficult, get into difficult spots in their practice so that it, they're less phased when it happens, when it, when it counts. Yeah. I mean, a, a, yeah, a big part of our practice and preparation is making sure for me that I'm putting them under a lot of pressure and then I'm mm -hmm. putting them in situations that um, normally would cause whatever we want to call it, stress or anxiety or worry or mm -hmm. a lot of the things people are experiencing right now. But the more you've been in them, um, the more prepared you are for them and the more you know how to um, kind of think clearly when you get in that situation, you know how to act calmly. Um, if you're with a teammate or a caddy, especially, I would want him to be able to speak confidently. So when you get in those situations, if you know, all right, I already have a system in place. I know how to think clearly. I know how to act calmly and I know how to speak confidently. You can talk yourself or your teammate kind of through that situation. Um, I, I wouldn't say with no worries, but with a lot more confidence than say that little kid that we're talking about and mm -hmm. he's never been in that situation. Um, and all he wants to do is get out of the situation. Um, or have somebody get him out of it, get him out of it. Um, you know. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that because that's the first point in the piece you wrote. It's about encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you talk about almost giving this sense of, you know, the ending. So someone who's been, who has the experience can portray the calm by almost saying, you know, we're going to get through this. Um, I know what's going to happen. Uh, say more about that. Is that what you're talking about with this like self-talk and um, a practice and a preparation that gets you in that mindset so that you can calm down and know you'll get through it? Yeah, it's just, it's having, if you want to call them tools or resources or systems or processes or whatever they are, things that you can go to that you know um, are going to work for you they're not a hundred percent guarantee, but they give you the best chance to succeed in whatever kind of situation you find yourself in. And specifically in that first point, you know, it, it's basically just talking about, um, especially if you're leading some team or your, it could be your family. Um, uh -huh. And sometimes they just need someone to, to speak with some courage and to just give them some reassurance that, Hey, yeah, we do know the ending things are going to, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, everything's going to be exactly as it was, but we kind of know how this is going to turn out in the sense that we're going to be fine. We're going to get through it. Yeah, we might not be able to, you know, do things we did yesterday. We might not be able to go to our favorite restaurant or even ride our bike in the neighborhood with our friends, but that is going to come back um, and be open to the possibility that, you know, we might get better at some things because we have to change. Um, yeah. Because that, that's usually how people get better is they're forced into dealing with something they hadn't had to before. So, exactly. I mean, I'm better at Zoom than I was a month ago. <laughs> that's right. There are gifts all over the place in this situation. Yeah. You know, it's something about that that I think is really interesting is it almost seems 
it's both in line with and at odds with our obsession for certainty in this time. So when you say, I know we're going to get through this, there's a possibility that there's, it's going to be far worse or far better. You don't really know the future. Yet, there's something in leadership and in this moment that, that does call for that. Again, whether it's with your team or your family, of saying, I know you can do it. And putting aside that doubt of, but this is really, really scary. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, even as I think as a parent, there are times when you say, I know you can do it. And you can say that with 100%, you know, love and certainty in that moment. And also step back and say, well, I don't know if you can do it. <laughs> you know? right. Like, I right. know you can do certain things, but, you know, I, I don't know if you can, whatever it is, win the race or have that courage moment. Right. Well, I think there's um, kind of two ways of looking at that. I mean, one is like, I know you can do this, like, I know you could do this um, simple chore. Or I know you could do this. Another one is um, basically saying, I, I know you have the capability to do this, you know, whether or not you choose to invite that challenge and see if you can pull it off. Um, that's going to be up to the person. But I mean, yeah, I mean, people are always accomplishing new things, whether it's, breaking some record that was previously, um, you know, thought couldn't be broken. But so I think to me, it's almost um, in two senses, one being, hey, you can do this. Um, because sometimes, you know, things people can do, but they can't see it within themselves, especially like a little kid, and they're worried about falling on their bike. And, um, and it doesn't mean you might not uh, it doesn't mean you will succeed on the first try automatically, mm -hmm. but if you tell a little kid, hey, I know you're going to be able to get up on this bike, you know, and all they know is, yeah, but I just fell and skinned my knee. Um, you know, they need that reinforcement and they need that um, assurance that um, I, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get there, but we're going to get there. Kind of right. Thing. And like you said, it might look really different it might not look the way we expect it to right now, but getting through this, getting through this moment in time or any other crisis, I think of the global financial crisis, mm -hmm. we got through it. It did look really different. There was a whole reshuffling of industries, of jobs, of <laughs> um, we didn't know how long it would take for all that to happen. Like there was so much uncertainty, but there's something about that voice amidst all of that saying, hey, I know we're gonna get through this. Yeah, and I think, um you know, when, when people are looking for certainty, I think the certainty is the belief. The certainty is the kind of the assurance or the knowledge um, that it's going to happen. But what um, so many people, because of our society now, they want to then take that and lock you into a timeline. Like, okay, well, tell me when it's going to be better. Yeah. Well, I don't know when it's going to be better, but it's going <laughs> to be better. But I mean, is this going to be, you know, tomorrow? Or is this going to be a year? Is this going to be, you know, uh, is this going to be our 40 years in the wilderness? I don't think so. Um, you know, but I think that is the kind of, um, and it's different because especially like, you know, I have kids that are college, high school and younger and their world, they're so used to getting um, things on an immediate sense and getting an answer back with certainty from Google that um, that's, that's what they want to know right now is, okay, well, is this going to be over on April 4th or April 6th? Because I'm trying to plan 
XYZ. The next two points are about communicating with people. Yeah, I think the whole communication is um, understanding what you're talking about and whom you're talking to um, and not just talking just to talk, you know. And um, what I mean by that is um, when you need to talk about business, when you need to talk about the economy, when you need to talk about your family's expenses, just not raising your voice, um, being pretty dry and being pretty matter of fact um, in terms of this is might be how it was, this is how it is now, this is what we have to deal with and that sort of thing. And then when you're, um, you know, so there's very little emotion in that. Um, mm -hmm. But then when you're talking um, with people um, and specifically when you're talking to them about themselves and about where they're going and about uh, how things are going to be, um, yeah, being kind of loving, or as I think I said in the piece, talking like a granddad would, you know, mm -hmm. the granddad, he can, he can see a lot of negative things on the horizon. Um, and it doesn't mean that he's going to um, be untruthful, but he may, he's only going to tell you what you need to know at the moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. a, a smart granddad is not going to talk to an 11 year old about things they don't need to know until they're 25. So, right, right. You know, so like it doesn't that. do a whole lot of good to talk to, you know, a, a new kid out of college or who just got done with his MBA and he's just starting his um, career in, you know, the economy or in New York. He doesn't need to be worried about, you know, how this is going to affect his family when he's 42. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, first so. things first. Yeah. 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 Talk about, um, the next one is about processes and some of them, some of the processes you were working with and relying on are not uh, fit to this moment anymore. And you talk about identifying which of those may just need to be thrown out for now and building some new processes. I was wondering if there's a, if you use that, you know, with your, uh, with your golfers a lot, if you have to switch up processes, things just aren't working. And right. it's almost like we just need to clean house, come back with some new processes. Because I think some people might be in that moment, at least for you know some part of their process, or even just with the process of working remotely, for example. But yeah. how is it with your golfers? When you, how do you observe when it's just time where you need a new process, um, or something's just not working? It's not fitting with this time and place. Right. Um, I think the way we would really evaluate that or look at that is I mean we have a system in place and, and the system is more of a foundation if you will and without getting too bogged down in the details um, part of that foundation in golf is you need to be able to stay athletic and you need to be able to react and you need to be able to trust yourself and so then we have systems or processes in place that help us to do that so one would be like your routine Right. So everybody's probably heard of like a um, somebody playing basketball with a free throw routine. Right. Mm -hmm. So the same thing occurs in golf when you're getting ready to hit a shot. But um, so you're using this routine, but you're not doing that just to say how pretty your routine is. You're only doing it to give you the best chance of hitting the shot or to give you the best chance of making the free throw. And so um, the belief or the, the foundation is I need a system 
that allows me to react. That's kind of the foundation. Mm -hmm. I believe that I need something to help me to react, right? The actual system that you use, the routine that you use to accomplish that can be changed. And so that's the way mm -hmm. we would think about it. If somebody is gotten to the point where in their putting, they're really bogged down mentally and they're not thinking in a way that helps them stay athletic and stay reactive, but instead now they're, they're guiding the ball or kind of steering the ball or almost wishing it into the hole emotionally. That's not where we want to be. So we would change their routine <clears throat> to accomplish that, mm -hmm. but it's still built on the same foundation that we need a productive routine to allow us to react, right? So if you take that into just someone's um, daily life, we'll take mine for example. Um, so I have certain processes that would work in terms of how I go about my business, in terms of checking my email, in terms of things that I'm doing. Those processes might um, need to change, which is no mm -hmm. big deal, whether it's switching to a different account or whether it's doing things on my phone or whether it's doing them now from my home. Um, but the foundations don't change. Like how I start my day doesn't change, mm -hmm. right? Um, foundation of kind of what I believe um, amongst my family that doesn't change so I think one thing that can help is when people understand the difference between this is kind of a foundational principle of how I'm going to live my life and this is just a process or a system that I'm going to use to accomplish that either in my life or in my business or that sort of thing that makes That's sense great. it does and you know one of the things that uh, we were talking about earlier with uh, Steve Salopek, he was differentiating changes that are happening because of this crisis. And he put them into two buckets, like lasting changes, and he called them New Year's resolutions, <laughs> which I think it's like that, almost looking at your process of like, all right, what do I need? Some of the changes are going to be temporary and just fit to this time and place. Um, some I need to be lasting changes um, or lasting elements of my process. And so just continually having these filters to help understand what's lasting. What do you want to be lasting in your process? What is an adaptation that you think you're going to need because there's a new change that has happened. So your fundamental process or belief is altered. That's going to be much more rare than right. adaptation to this moment. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, everybody's um, kind of always changing or even if you don't, really realize that you're always kind of um, questioning or critiquing your own foundation. What do I add into it? What do I change? Um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, usually the more permanent changes take a lot longer time to get fully embedded and ingrained. So, I mean, if we take our buddy Pip, right? I mean, he's always kind of had some time devoted to himself in the morning. That, that would be what I would consider a foundation of his that kind of gets him ready. You know, what he does during that or how he's, that's more from one thing to another is just, um, I'll use this process for a while and then I'll change this out. And even within a week, sometimes that changes um, to, you know, the environment you might find yourself in on a Saturday versus a Tuesday morning type of yeah. thing. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that, is, can be helpful for people just to, you know, your processes and your systems are integrated into helping you sustain your foundation. Um, mm. 
they sit on top of it. So you must know your foundation and have a strong belief that that foundation is what you need and right. what your team needs. And then you build on top of that your processes. And then there's probably more active adaptation going on right now, but some of that will settle out. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of that will, you know, um, some of that you might adjust and, and tweak and keep. And then some of that, you know, you probably, until we get in another situation like this, you'll just put it on the shelf and it'll be like, oh, next time we run into one of these, I'll pull this back down and be ready to go with it. Yeah. We're all picking up new skills. For that. Yeah. Um, so, and then, um, you know, the last point that uh, I made was what we're kind of getting into now is just, I, I do think it's helpful in the mornings um, mm -hmm. to kind of return to your foundation you know, or at least something that ties into that. And that could be anything from um, meditation to some exercise, to some worship music, to just some quiet time, to, um, you know, whatever that is yeah. um, that really refreshes you. And the whole point in, in the piece was that um, if you just keep going and going um, and you're constantly thinking about change or worrying about things, or you're constantly trying to adapt, then at some point you're going to run out of energy. Um, right. And then you're not going to be very useful to anyone. Right. Um, I think as leaders, it's even more important because there is that, you know, added role of how am I going to manage this in individually for my team, for the business, for clients, mm -hmm. et cetera, so. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, even though we get older, we, we still do a lot of things um, that we know happens in our youth and in our kids. And, you know, they're really looking at, at parents and older people in terms of modeling things. And, um, you know, that doesn't change, even though the people are 25 to 30, they're still looking to see, you know, what the seasoned executives are doing in terms of, and not so much the X's and O's, but in terms of the foundation, in terms of how they handle themselves, in terms of, and you can't, um, you can't portray that, you know, mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of yourself. And you can't have, you know, the peace and the kindness and the, the you know, gentleness, those types of things that you expect your employees to have, or you expect your the people in your group, whatever that group is, you can't expect them to have that if you're not modeling that. And exactly. um, thanks for offering such a uh, a clear path. And you know those five points I think are are helpful in so many contexts. So thank yeah. you for that. Good, good. Well, and I I mean I I wasn't really thinking that way when I wrote it. I was just the only thing I was thinking when I wrote it is like. Okay, if I were, because I had been with uh, a company back in January and we hadn't been able to really do a whole follow-up, a lot of follow-up, and I was just kind of thinking, um, like, okay, what would these people want to hear? I know their world is kind of going crazy because they're in the food industry, um, and, and a lot of the things that, you know, have been affected just in terms of, if it's, even if it's not food directly, but all the paper products and all that. And, yeah. Um, so that was really kind of how it started is just like, okay, hey, let's make sure because they, uh, a lot of those people are managing at least, you know, at least 20 to 200 people. Mm -hmm. And 
there's a lot of chaos going on and a lot of systems in there all over the country. And so I, th I thought this might help them just kind of have a centralized kind of calming voice. Um, I love that. Yeah, because it ripples through, you know, like anxiety is contagious, but so is calm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, you know, attitudes are contagious, right? Mm -hmm. the, the question is, is if yours is worth catching. So. <laughs> so. I love it. Thank right. you, Mo. Yep. Have a good day. You too. See ya. Bye. After we finished up, Mo chatted about one of his new processes for the golfers he's working with. He's using this moment to go slow, but to the heart of some great work, using literally one moment a day with a group of golfers to take on the more complicated questions and mental skills off course and on course that would ordinarily get pushed aside. I hope this inspires you to think through some seemingly small ways you can be making a big difference. my guys because I was trying to think like okay well we got this downtime we're not going to be back you know at least they're not going to be back competing for two months or so mm. so I thought about trying to get them all together on something like this or I thought about and we might still do that but I'm, I actually thought you know what I think would be better is we're just going to go through and, and we, we have basically a, an off season and I'm going to go through and literally kind of day by day walk them through um, as if they were a new student and the summary of that, but I'm going to do it in one minute bites. And so wow. every night I've been, actually, I got the book right here. Um, but so every night I've been, um, and I'm only on like the fourth night, but so we started off with, um, if you can see that, but so it says for every problem, Right, we start off with the problem is the ball didn't tell you why it went where it did. You have to yeah. be like, and so then we started off with that's the problem. Like we have tons of data, but the data tells us where the ball went. It doesn't tell us why it went there. It tells <laughs> us where the ball went. And so we have to have a system. So that was the first night was just kind of stating the problem. And then now we're going into our system, which is on course, practice and prep, and then off course. And then I'm taking like every night, like, one point and it'll probably take us 60 days to go through it um and it's also going to help me write it out very yeah. clear because I, I i talked through um so anyway but i think that's uh it's a chance to go deeper it sounds like yes yeah, right in these really short bursts to like really yeah like let's all we're going to talk tonight is which actually tonight so tonight we we're, we're in the off course part because I'm going backwards because I want it to be on course right when we get ready to go to the on course. So we're talking about off course stuff and under the off course, the, the first thing is managing the negative. You've heard some of this, but mm -hmm. um, so tonight we're going to be talking about just the hydration, um, drinking enough water. And that's not just during competition, but the days before it used to be 64 ounces. Now they recommend half your body weight. Jeez. Um, ounces that sort of thing and so just you know yeah making one point and then um just because these guys are kind of um competitive so at the end of the week i'm gonna give them a test we're gonna gamble and we're gonna bet <laughs> and see how much they can get right and uh so i'm, a, I'm, gonna, literally, I'm gonna literally drop a test um probably sunday 
Um, well, let's see, what's today? Today's Thursday? Yeah, I started this Monday. So Sunday night, we're going to have a test. And uh, I, I can't, they'll be into it. So. Well, I love it because it's like you did number four here. You threw out some of the processes that you would be using if the year had gone as predicted. And you made a new process. But also this new process allows everyone to go a lot deeper. Like, I don't know if you would have gotten all your guys on to really think this through in this way. Uh, in no way. Yeah. No. And we also, because we're not talking about the emotion of their golf game at the moment, we mm -hmm. can kind of go through everything as opposed to getting distracted by, yeah, okay, that's yeah. fine, Mo, but I just, I just shot 81 and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you uh -huh. don't have the, um, at least for them, they don't have the emotion of the moment, it allows them to kind of just sit back and like, okay, this, yeah, make sure, because th what this will actually ultimately do, this should make their foundation better. Like yes. this should just make their understanding of golf, even though they played golf forever and ever and ever, right? Still, they don't know how to think about all the pieces of it. Um, they just know how to hit the ball. As mentioned, Mo wrote a piece on five points for leadership in a time of crisis that we are happy to send on. I hope this gave you a few new ideas on how to stay grounded as so much changes around us. Until next time.